Hey, I'm Shannon, a women's mindset coach to help you reignite your passion for life, ask for what you want, and go after those big, juicy dreams and have a kick-ass life, and mostly transform from martyr to magic. Thank you so, so much for being here today. Make sure to follow me at xo.shannonmargaret on Instagram, and I hope you love today's episode. Hi, welcome to the both of you. How are you guys? We're doing so good. (laughs) Awesome. Um, So for our listeners, you are Sarah and Laura, the Dynamic Duels, a doula agency based out of London, Ontario. I looked up doula, the definition of doula, just for people who don't know or just thought it'd be interesting to do this. And the one that I really like, doula-ing, the act of education, loving, respecting, listening, embracing, advocating for, and assisting a woman prenatally, during labor, childbirth, and after. And then also that you can have like death doulas, which I was yeah. like, whoa, that's a whole different, but I'm like, what a cool job. That's a that great guys... description. That I've actually really never great. heard that one. Yeah. That's you, amazing. Yeah. You send that one to us. I yeah. like that way <laughs> better. We've definitely found sure. some, some definitions that we don't love yeah. that are essentially like right. a doula is a slave. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And some of them seem kind of dry or just like they provide support. And I was like, I felt like this one spoke to about like advocating for yourself and kind of helping the women advocate for themselves in the birthing process. Yeah. And just like, what a cool, because there's like a death doula as well. It's like you're involved potentially like in the full life cycle of people, which I thought is so amazing. And Mm -hmm. it just fascinates me and why I wanted to have you guys on. So I just wanted to, um, if you guys wanted to introduce yourselves, tell us a bit about what you do and then also how you guys got started. Cause I feel like, I love everyone's story and how it kind of all came to be. And I feel like most people love to hear that part. Sure. So uh, I'm Lara. I'll start. <laughs> Hi. Um, I have been a massage therapist for 15 years. And I did um, also some additional prenatal massage training. Uh, fell in love with working with pregnant women. Got pregnant myself eventually and hired a doula for my own birth. Um, had a fantastic first birth. Uh, my doula was actually Lindsay Martins, who was on your podcast recently. Uh, right. So that was cool. And after having a doula myself, I was like, I need to add this to the relationships that I'm already building in the massage room. So mm-hmm. I took a training then between having my first and my second baby. Um, yeah. So that's how I started. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'll tell you how I started <laughs> then how we started together. Yeah. Um, so I, my background is kinesiology. I went to the university of Western for kinesiology. So I've always had a love and passion for the body, for physiology, anatomy, biology, how the body works. So kinesiology is the study of the body in motion and really labor is women in motion as well. Um, the body births best when it's in motion. So I, when I got pregnant with my twins, um, I had asked my midwife if she thought I needed a doula. And she was like, no, I'll be everything you need. <laughs> Newsflash, they won't. <laughs> oh, <shoot. laughs> so turns out she didn't make it to my birth. And I, you know, was pretty alone in that. My husband was amazing and 
is literally a doodla. Yeah. So <laughs> he did great. But there was times after where I, I just wondered if someone had been there in the room, you know, could a couple of things have been different. So same as Laura, I took my training then between the twins and my next um, son. So that was uh, seven, eight, eight years ago. And then, um, yeah, so I've been a doula ever since. So then Laura and I started working together when we found each other talking about birth during our workouts at our gym at West London CrossFit. And Amazing. We like, why are we not working together? Like yeah. it's, it's a profession that is really difficult to do on your own. You need backup. Yeah. I had to call Sarah so often to decompress after being at births. Mm -hmm. I yeah. was just getting burnt out and things were going squirrely and there was no community mm -hmm. at that point yet. There was nobody to reach out to and talk to. I mean, this was even before Facebook and Instagram were really huge. We're talking nine, eight years ago. So it wasn't mm -hmm. that easy to reach out to people. So yeah, Sarah and I just gravitated towards each other and then we're like, what if we actually turn this into a thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting with birth, like you can get really attached to blaming yourself for outcomes and really i mean birth has a mind of its own mm -hmm. and you can set people up um amazingly well with education and um physiologically they're ready to go into it and still like baby and birth has a mind of its own sometimes so you know sometimes when you get really attached to um an outcome or you you know something would go belly up and you're just taking all that weight on yourself um, I think that's where when you're in business on your own, you're just like, you know what? Not worth it packing it up. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, that's where with each other, um, it's been so valuable. And another side win, since you just did the podcast with Lindsay. Um, yeah. We cycle opposite to each other, <laughs> which oh. for business you would think is not ideal. And there's definitely times where we wish we were similar and then we could just take a week off a month. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because we ovulate opposite and we bleed opposite. We're often in roles of like delaying each other. Yes. So we're pulling <laughs> right. each other back up, which is really what, cool. Yeah. I love what you guys are saying about working together. Like, I just feel like it is the epitome of practicing what you preach because like part of what I wanted to talk about this you're supporting women like you're encouraging and a lot of what you do on your page and like encouraging women to get support and you guys are doing that by working together like supporting each other which is amazing and just being full advocates of that totally with the cycle that is amazing and I'm sure too having like two of you I would imagine that you can because are you guys on call then like I would yeah. assume yeah, yeah we're on call a lot yeah. <laughs> so, so then at least you can like, I'm assuming you can kind of pair off or one of you can be the person to be on call. So you're not both like, or do you have to go? Like, yeah, we keep, we keep a close eye on each other. Like if, yeah. so if for example, like Sarah was out of birth for 36 hours and had someone who might go into labor, she could definitely yeah. then say, I'm shutting my phone off tonight to get out eight hours of sleep. And I need to know my phone yeah. isn't going to ring. Can you make sure yours is on? And then just bounce back and forth like that. Mm -hmm. There was a right. few weeks ago where I went yeah. away to a cottage and um, I wanted to turn my phone off for the four days that I was away. So I sent an email to all, I think it was nine of my clients mm -hmm. at the time and said, 
um, you know, I'm taking this time. None of them were due in the next few weeks anyway. And, you know, mm -hmm. if you have any questions or anything, um, send it Laura's way. And I was really glad I did that. That was actually the first time I, I did swear that. to God, within two hours after you left, they like three of them had messaged me. Yeah. And I was like, what <laughs> is going on? None yeah. of you are in labor. <laughs> but I really got like a really great break yeah. being away. And we, I mean, we're in flux with that right now. Like we're really trying to make this summer a situation where either of us could go. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's really a great um, partnership. And I would say like both of us are in this more so because we love women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like yeah. we're here for women yeah. we love that your podcast is from martyr to magic like that's exactly what yeah yeah we talk about a lot about women self-care and you know not not hating motherhood yeah I think the mm -hmm. best part about a partnership is that it's really really easy to put yourself on the back burner so for example like we work together all day every Thursday and if I was PMSing like I am today or bleeding it would be really easy for me to put on sweatpants, curl up on the couch and get nothing done. But having the accountability to Sarah, I know that I have to get my ass up and go for a run and get myself ready to show up for the business. And there's a time for rest. And if either of us are ever really struggling, we work the rest into the workday. Mm -hmm, but yeah. yeah, it's really easy when you love each other that much to just show up for each other instead of just for yourself. Yeah, totally. The accountability is huge. And yeah, I love that you are in it for the love of women, because that's kind of like, I've really been called to to talk to you guys and have you on the podcast. But I'm like, we'll talk a little bit about birth and kind of have some questions. But I feel like the main part about what I wanted to talk about is exactly what you said, like, caring for ourselves and honoring ourselves as mothers and women and almost going forward. I've had friends who are so scared to death or don't want to have kids because of the birth part. And I'm like, dude, that is like the, just the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I'm more like raising humans to be good people and being with them for the rest of their life or until you're gone. Like that freaks me out more than like, I feel like the birth is here and gone. And, you know, it's obviously a big monumental piece but I there's so much more and that was the other I lean into a little bit more so I guess to start I saw Laura post um the other day that females easily fall into the I am broken my body is a lemon I am not strong enough and like for me that hit home so this is like kind of my a bit of my story and then we'll go into another part but and I'm sure a lot of women felt this trying to get pregnant <laughs> miscarrying um and mine was more of the birth with my first son we had the midwife team and we hired a doula and watched all the movies and we're like so pro home birth and all of the things and it literally just turned into the complete opposite of what we had wanted mm. um yeah. and i just was hoping you could talk a little bit about this because I know I'm not the only one and I have talked to so many women about this and like, how do we recover from this and how do we heal and not, not our bodies, mm -hmm. but like the mental aspects and like, how can we support ourselves more and like the feelings of disappointment or brokenness? Because I definitely struggled with this. Like, um, yeah. And I've just talked to, and I just remember being at mommy group, people, me telling my story and then people are like, Oh, I don't know. Mine was amazing 
tears of joy or waves of orgasm or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, which is so great. That is amazing, but it just wasn't the case for me. And I literally just, I feel like it carried through now in hindsight, like my son's going to be eight this summer. So I'm, I'm good. We're good. But like, I just look back now with some time and can really see how it, it bled into my journey as a new mother. And it really carried through for a lot longer. And I think there was some like anxiety or not trusting. Um, I just think it, it affected me more than I realized. I really hear you. I, it does. And I think that's why we really do focus on the birth so much is because it, it's the birth of your baby, but it's the birth of you as a mother. And when yes. you are, you know, in the beginning trying to learn to lean into your instinct and your intuition, um, and when you're just starting to bond with your baby and your baby's attaching to you, um, that that fracture, that um, disconnect, that trauma can really place a divide between you and the baby and you and yourself. And so mm-hmm. a lot of um, the healing that that we do, so we often will do coaching with women who have had a hard birth and especially when they're looking towards their second birth and they're needing to do some unlearning, some healing, some relearning, um, mm-hmm. is about really meeting them where they're at and hearing and holding space for the experience and the emotions that they felt and waiting, you know, holding space in that moment and waiting for them to come back to themselves. Um, When our, you know, our hurt and our shame is met and held and heard, it can start to heal. Mm -hmm. And then we often have women, we give them a few things that resonate with them. Um, But things like if their child is still young, you know, having them hold their baby on their chest, skin to skin and talk to their baby about, you know, your birth didn't go the way I wanted it to. And holding space for both those things. You know, I'm grateful that you're here and that you're here on my chest and that we're safe and healthy. And also, I had hoped it could have gone this way. Um, Mm -hmm. Journaling, affirmations. um, What else have we recently? I think there's also, like, where do you find the time in new motherhood to even heal? I think that that first year, Mm -hmm. you are up to your eyes drowning mm-hmm. 99% of the time mm-hmm. you are at mommy group mm-hmm. but you have a newborn who's breastfeeding while you're at mommy group so you don't have the time to sit and say okay that person just told this beautiful birth story and that's making me feel a sort of way and then you're stuck mm-hmm. in feeling that sort of way because you don't have five minutes to yourself mm-hmm. to even work through mm-hmm. your emotions mm-hmm. yeah 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 which I love like yeah, so we had a doula, but and she came before the birth and like did massage and certain things to kind of support and like help induce. And then mine was like in a crazy emergency C section, like I ended up getting knocked yeah. out. And um, so she was really helpful because she actually like took our dog to doggy daycare and moved our car and got my husband food and like all the things we didn't think that would be helpful, but it was so supportive. Um, But that was kind of like the end of the relationship, which hearing you guys talk, I was like, oh my God, like having someone after to come and, and visit and who just gets it. Like, that's the thing too. I feel like it can be a bit lonely and especially because everyone's experience is so different and you guys are someone in your position 
having seen such a wide variety, you would just have so much more knowledge and experience and just being like, it's okay. And having those tools, which might even seem simple, but like just to talk it out or to journal it out or to hold the baby while the mom can have five minutes to like go for a walk and kind of decompress or like feel the feelings, you know? Absolutely. So I just thought that was like such an important thing for, for women, just because there are all of these experiences and I've seen friends having problems getting pregnant or miscarriages Mm -hmm. or all those things. And just to know that like every experience is a perfect experience and it's your experience and like to feel into it and it doesn't look this certain way, you know, like this kind of idealized way. Yeah. Um, you would want something new moms to know or kind of moms to be. So what, one uh, of the things yeah. that we've seen one of our favorite Instagram moms, I think right now do, um, which she just put it, put it in a really attainable way. So she takes, she started taking an hour for herself every day and then her and her partner upped it to they each get one hour to themselves per day. So like scheduled Mm -hmm. in the calendar, like from three till 4 PM, I'm going to the grocery store by myself or I'm going for a walk to listen to a podcast and you are in charge of the baby. As long as there's not an emergency, I am not hearing from you. Um, And I think that's such a great place to start. And then grow that to multiple hours or a day. So we had, before COVID, we had a mom and baby group every Wednesday morning um, that ran at my house. And it was usually about eight to 10 women with their babies. And um, we live in a culture of perfection right now where we are helicopter moms Mm -hmm. and we want nothing but super, you know, padded, protected ways that are you know, low risk. And this this isn't what's best for our kids. It's not what's best for us. It doesn't lead to adventurous Mm -hmm. children, curious children. Anyway, one of the exercises that I have the moms do in about the third or fourth week is I, I, I send out half of the moms outside to my backyard while the other half of the moms watch their babies for five minutes. And often this is the first time that anybody has watched their baby other than themselves. And then we trade Mm -hmm. and they just go outside. They do whatever they want. Some of them just, they chat to each other. Sometimes they just go outside and breathe. Um, But it's just kind of that practice of like you, you know, you need to look out for you. Mm -hmm. And I think what's really, really easy is for us all to fall into this, again, mother martyrdom pattern where we do everything the first year. We are in charge Mm -hmm. of the feeding. We know when they were changed last. We know where to buy their clothes. We know what size they are. We know what size their feet are. We know when their next doctor's appointment is. And it's like the easy thing to do is to resort to that. The harder thing to do is to lean on your partner. And if you don't have a partner, then some sort of support from family or a friend to really ask for what you need. And I find myself still doing it to this day story yesterday i went i was going for a float i had scheduled a sauna and a float session and i i ended up going at four o'clock so my husband was going to have to bring our youngest daughter to gymnastics and i said just make her a smoothie so she can have that after she gets off the bus and he had to ask me what to put in the smoothie and i was furious (laughs) like rolling my (laughs) eyes stomping around like 
do you really need me to tell you you have to put a third of a cup of strawberries into it? Like, just dump some shit in a blender and make her a smoothie. You can give her a sandwich for all I care once I walk out the door. Like, just handle it. But he's like, I don't know what goes in the smoothie. I was like, okay, I've done it again. I've made her smoothie every single time and haven't let him do it. So then now I'm stuck. Yeah, I love. Yeah, it's so true. It is so true. And I feel I don't know if it was because I felt like I sucked up birth so much. I feel like I dug in even harder and like I gripped motherhood like I was going to do it right. And I was, it felt kind of like everyone was watching me. Like, is she going to fail? Is she going to cry? Is she going to crack? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I you try for this, like you said, perfection and it just doesn't exist. And it's just crazy making. Right. And it you're not it's not a thing to win it's, it's like a lifetime. It's like a journey. It's not this race we're winning, or we get to tell people we're doing wrong. And a hundred percent, I did that with my husband. Like, yeah, like I remember the first time he gave my son a bath, he like put them in in the tub with the diaper on and I like killed myself. Right. Oh God. It was the funniest thing. It's funniest thing ever. And like, I gave him such a hard time and I kind of caught myself and I'm like, okay, I can give some pointers, but like letting him do it how he needs to do, do you it. Want a baby in a diaper? You go for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shannon, you didn't suck at birth yeah. so bad. Yeah. So I realize that now, but it, it really was like, I, now that I look back, I think that was my attitude and like, I've definitely come to terms with it, but I, I, part of why I'm like, I can't be the only one who no, feels this no, way. No, no, we, like, yeah. I've, I've, it's, right? It's a like, lot. we just yeah. chatted with uh, a mom in the last couple of weeks who had a situation like that where she felt like she didn't get the gold medal of birth, which was the baby on her chest immediately after coming out of her vagina. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I do feel like Instagram, though can be helpful for connection, also now has this, all these visuals in our minds of these beautiful births beautiful birth stories with twinkle lights which we talk about like but the most important thing that you can be in control of is how do you want to feel at your birth and you can control that in many of the situations and there's nothing that you could have done to change your outcome you didn't fail at anything Mm -hmm. there's a Mm -hmm. there's a huge piece around um allowing and forgiveness um for yourself or acceptance. Like I'm the same as you with one of my twins. Um, there was a space there between, uh, when, how long after he was born and then how long I saw him, but for a long time, a resistance to accepting that it was what it was. It was the situation there was, you know, maybe if I could redo it day after day for 10 days, you know, maybe there could be a different outcome, but, um, you know, forgiving, how it went and accepting it and uh, even accepting the, the, what it did to the relationship between me and him. And then, you know, recovering that when you're talking about um, you, I think you asked in the beginning, what could we tell women to do in the beginning? And mm-hmm. one of the things we, yeah. we try to encourage women to do, and it is difficult because like you were all focused on the birthday and it's hard to plan, but yeah. we do try and get people to plan for the postpartum um, and have some ideas just by talking about what the five universal needs are in postpartum. 
and even starting to introduce that concept in our prenatal class um, so that they have some awareness around what are some things that they will need. Acceptance and, and maybe focusing on like, or like what you can affect or like mm-hmm. how you show up like as a mother, if you can't affect how, how the birth went, like, you know, release it, accept it. And like, we get to mother for like the rest yeah. of our, our lives yeah. and choose how we show up in that. And like, you're still a mother if you adopt or foster or however you have kids. So like, why would it be any different? But it just, it, yeah, it just such a different thing to get over. Like, I'll tell you a little bit, cause it's obviously I didn't know, like I went in for my, um, uh, scan cause I was 10 days over anyways, wasn't breathing, had to get knocked out. So I didn't, obviously, I guess I didn't remember. I don't know if you have like the last memory before mm-hmm. you go out. And so when I woke up, they were like, okay, you've had a baby boy. Like we had to resuscitate him for about five minutes, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, our car, our car's parked on the street and it's only till three. Like we have to move the car. Like that was the first thing I yeah, said. Like, yeah, you know, like I just course. kept playing that. And I'm like, how embarrassing and these people are like uh you just had a kid like I no, couldn't even obviously you, you're you experienced and like, trauma oh, and right? you left your body for a portion of time and you came back to the place where you left yeah yeah so it's just like those little stories and I'm just so thankful you and just having and like women women who get it who are compassionate and there's probably men as well but I feel like as a whole people who have been in this situation or seen it a lot. Like I had an OB for my daughter and just super judgmental and just not like not very helpful, I would say. And uh, having a nurse in the hospital the second time, just kind of validating like what happened the the first time and just like having those people to really um, walk Mm -hmm. you through it. And like, just that, that energy of, of supporting you. And, um, I just feel like is such a big thing. Cause I'm like, I cannot be the only person. Like, I just feel like the chances of it going exactly how you want are pretty slim. Like there must yeah, be it's like your wedding day. It's like your wedding right? day. You can sit around yeah. and plan your wedding day all day long. And then somebody gets in a car accident with the cake in the back of their car and you have no cake or somebody doesn't show right. up or someone forgets the rings. Like, birth is a lot more high stakes Mm -hmm. but you can prepare all you want nothing could have prepared you for going in for a scan and And not being put under general yeah Yeah, no that's a lot yeah yeah totally yeah Yeah, so just I'm and just knowing like lots of other friends who kind of or women I've talked to have gone through the same it's just like you know how can we support each other which a lot of the things you have said is just it's, it's so nice to know that's out there and to kind of help steer people in the right direction to get that earlier on. Cause I feel like it just affects your in motherhood. Right. And just, yeah. And we, yeah. And like you were saying, like, we don't have time for, to, to absorb it. And we definitely refer out when it gets a little out of our realm. Like there's a lot of great therapists who can help you unpack and work through. Yeah, I would definitely recommend to people because I feel like wine, it doesn't mean anything bad, but like, why not work through it quicker so you can kind of move on to feel better? I think that one of the biggest problems is that pretty much everybody in your life after that is saying to you, oh, but you're healthy and your baby's healthy. Yeah. 
So what least, is there to fix? At least you had at a least healthy you're alive. Baby. Yeah. Like least, that's well, at least your yeah. baby's healthy. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I see another thing is sometimes, and I know I did this, I'd heard so much about a healing birth. Mm. So I had this idea that like you have a healing birth after, and I really don't think there's such a thing. So with your subsequent child, you could have an intervention free, beautiful twinkly lights home birth, and it's beautiful. But now Mm -hmm. you've had a beautiful birth and you had a traumatic birth. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, it's like talking about Mm -hmm. rape and then saying healing sex. Yeah. No, you it doesn't had, erase it. Right. It does not erase your rape. You had a trauma. I'm picturing one of those Etch-a-Sketches right. where yeah. you like yeah. draw a traumatic birth on the Etch-a-Sketch and then you shake it off and draw a beautiful birth yeah. and it's just gone. No. That doesn't work. No. So I don't, yeah, right. I don't love that concept that you can have a healing birth and now, oh, I'm, I'm healed from that. So I do think that there's definitely a holding space for both of them. Mm-hmm. I do think people make a lot of decisions for their second birth based on how their first one went. And yeah. that's fine. Yeah. You, it's really hard to know yeah. all the things or even believe us. I think sometimes that's my biggest problem in prenatal classes. I think I can come across as a bit crazy mm-hmm. because I've seen so many things. Right. Yeah. And I know all the things that yeah. I am trying to help people avoid. And they're kind of like, well, that's not how it goes in Hollywood. Ain't no big deal. Right. Yeah, I wish you guys were on the West Coast. Maybe we'll start I'm, flying. You neither out. of us are arguing with that. <laughs> no, we're here for it. Yeah. Maybe we'll be. We just up. booked a trip. <laughs> we'll be the next London trip. Right? I'm yeah. like, that sounds. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that sounds amazing. Maybe I should have a third, but no. You know what? I did. I did I, fly I to Calgary you did. twice yeah. for, for all of my brother's babies. I have a cousin in Calgary who is 22. Oh. And when she has a baby someday, I will be there. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. You just basically it. have to book two weeks and then just go. Yeah, it's fine. Right. Yeah. The first time I went, go, I waited right? till day 10 before she had her baby. <laughs> I flew home, I think the next day. And then the next time I got there, she was in labor when my flight landed. Wow. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Good timing. Hey. Yeah, yeah, no yeah totally. I didn't know I was in the air. Yeah. I didn't know until I landed. He's like, uh, can you take a taxi? Right. I'm like, yep, sure can. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Um, I wanted to say too, so Sarah is watching your story on this morning about um finding out your <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> so I have a very a friend. So my husband's best friend growing up, we they have a very similar story. I was literally laughing watching your video because you were saying how you found out that you're having twins at 32 weeks and then your dreams of like baby, like your mat leave dreams kind of just poofed or disappeared, you know, baby carrying and coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah. So we, my husband's best friend growing up, um, they had a set of twins. So they have twin boys. And then they went for their second. And same thing. She was like, having these dreams of finally being able to like, just have one and baby wear and do all the things she didn't do the first time. And then they go in for the ultrasound and they're like, oh, you're having twins. And she's like, you like, good one. Who told you, you know, like that we already have twins. So funny. No, they have two sets of twins. So, yeah. But it was like literally word for word what you were saying about that. I'm like, oh, man, just having to like wrap your head around. Yeah, it's unreal. They just double up on everything in the last eight weeks. Definitely (laughs) late in the game to find out. But like. (laughs) And like, obviously now you guys are like seasoned moms and I'm sure you also, again, see a ton of like 
parenting and families and just really are immersed in that world. So what are some of the struggles and wins that you guys have had with parenting to help yourself thrive or to be kind for your, like to yourselves? Like what are some of like the parenting things or advice? I think everyone needs to find themselves a Laura. (laughs) So I am more like a recovering martyr. Um, I'm a massive all or nothing perfectionist parent. Like I would have breastfed my kids if my nipples were bleeding and falling off. Like (laughs) I was just like a do or die. I'm very competitive and like Lara has taught me. Okay. So for starters, Lara's self-talk is immaculate. Like I've never met someone who literally doesn't dog on themselves. I'm like, who are you? And why are you a unicorn? So (laughs) like just being with her on the regular like is reteaching me almost partly a remothering of like, Hey, this is how you can be kind to yourself. This is how you self-care. This is how you show up on the daily, not just here's what it looks like on Instagram. Um, and that's so mm-hmm. like important for me because I, I know how to spiral down. I know how to talk to myself really badly and that stuff doesn't help. So Laura knows how to like ride the messy middle where like she'll put up a post with a spelling mistake and I want to die <laughs> and she will be like, no one cares. It's fine. Leave it up. And I know that people like me care. Oh, today I put up a post about the prenatal class and it says five modules, four hours. And Sarah's like, it's not four hours. It's five hours. Like, <laughs> nobody cares (laughs) literally nobody is going through instagram being like they lied they lied it's five hours it's not four hours yeah i'm never going to them because they lied about how many hours that course is i know i'm like how can you get five modules done in four hours you can't it's five (laughs) with an hour lunch it's actually six but anyway like to consistently show up day after day and to um you know be balanced and to like your your best is often not what is perfect. No, it's me. My best is mediocre. It's just well, and how I do master you be, like, mediocre. Being mediocre consistently <laughs> yeah. and daily is winning, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I forget what your question was, but my answer was <laughs> get yourself a Lara. Yeah. Oh, have we had any wins? Yeah. Like, with parenting. Yeah. 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 Um, I think knowing that you have to talk yourself out of mom guilt on the daily. Mm, true. On the daily, like, yeah. If I don't get in my workouts when they fit in when the kids are at school, I have to talk myself out of the mom guilt to give myself time to go to the gym when I could be spending time with them. And it is it is still always a battle yeah. in my mind. And we try to make a point on Instagram of not making it look too easy because I know that not everybody can find time yeah. to go to the gym five or six times a week like we do. But it is, it's a battle yeah. every single day. It just gets easier every single day because I know the benefit of taking care of myself. It's true. And I know now, like when I don't take care of myself, that also comes out to them. So it's Mm -hmm. not just that I'm feeling like garbage. It's that I am snappier. I say rude things to them. My language is going in their ear and out their mouth. My words are their beliefs about themselves. So I, I mean, it's more Mm -hmm. than just put your own oxygen mask on first. It's about, you're literally the role model and so we, so Lara has girls and I have boys and I think we both feel like, okay. you know, I'm teaching my boys how to treat women and you're teaching your girls how to how be to women. Be women. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's important work. I would say one of my biggest wins lately 
has been, I just read the book, um, Balanced and Barefoot. And I felt like throughout the whole book, I was like, yes, I already knew this. Yes, I'm already doing oh, this. Oh, good. So that was really reassuring. It's a great book. And it's all about how kids need to spend a lot of time outside. They need to have access to heights and water and fire and tools and danger and wandering. And I feel like, see, I'm already a mm-hmm. BC mom. Yeah, you are a BC yeah. mom. I feel like that's something that's been a value of mine since the beginning. So I've I've been feeling good about that one. Yeah. How about you? Oh man, a win. I don't know. I feel like I've, we've been workaholics lately. I've been feeling like a workaholic lately. Um, And one of our postpartum doulas who works for us was messaging me yesterday. And she's like, you and Sarah like put so much work into Instagram and it must be, so hard to show up every day and I'm like it is it is hard but because I'm a people pleaser when people reach out to us and they're like I totally have 26 empty journals at my house you are not the only one like it's so worth it for those little pings of like oh some we like we resonate with somebody and we've made a difference in their life even when it's just something so small Mm -hmm. I mean the helping at births is Mm -hmm. super big and Mm -hmm. amazing but it's like the day-to-day things it's the giving people permission to go to indigo and walk around and mindlessly buy three books because that makes you feel good yeah (laughs) yeah and who doesn't feel I totally watched that episode as well I'm also my luteal phase and I was like yes oh my god is there anything no. more satisfying than indigo like you could get those cozy socks you could buy a new mug yes. and a blanket and a journal I use my journals but I'm the same with books I like I only read audiobooks because I can do other things and like it takes me like oh, I'll read like three I books think I have the rest six have to be audio right so with pages folded that I just they're in various yes. places in the house and I read them every once in a while but it's very rare that I even finish a book. I get what I need from it. And then I set it aside. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. Probably haven't read the full book of anything sitting on my bookshelf right in front of me, but it makes me happy. So I don't care. (laughs) Two weeks ago, I took a book off your shelf and I was like, Oh, is this good? What's this one about? You're like, I've not even opened it. No, (laughs) it was a parenting book. Yes. Hadn't read it yet. (laughs) So true. I love that you just said that as well. Like showing up on Instagram like yes some people might think it's just for marketing or but it it really is making your some of your like your info or your knowledge accessible to way more people because not everyone like I'm not having kids anymore I don't live near you I'm not gonna hire you as a doula but I find I can relate to you guys or a big thing for me is like permission and you just said that and like I love that you said like I'm mediocre yeah. most days, you know, like, and that's okay. And like, we can have these shining unicorn moments of motherhood where we feel amazing and we can have real crap moments. But like, if I can like maintain mediocre, I'm doing great. I'm showing up. I'm mothering, you know, we're all doing our best. Like I, I love that so much. And just like that permission and yeah, because it's not easy. And I also loved what I think Sarah said was about like mm-hmm. the kind words to ourselves, which is so true. And it's so like, and the working out. So I don't yeah. know. You guys do CrossFit, right? Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I, um, oh, cool. Dirt bike, so I That's really so like lifting. Yeah. Just, um, I got a big, a big, cool. big girl bike or a big bike uh, this year. It's like 240 pounds. So like lifting that up is, exhausting so I've really gotten into more like heavy lifting just to like get strength for that 
Um, and I like it. I just probably same as you's got like, it makes me a nicer human, a better mother. I don't really like, if I look better, great, but it is like, it is my therapy. It is my church. Yeah. Like it just makes me happy. That's how I feel happy. about CrossFit too. I always um, and, compare it to church. I'm like, you know how, when you go to a church and you're moving and you could say to everybody, Hey, we're moving. And they show up with trucks. That's everybody at our CrossFit gym. It yeah. feels like church. Yeah. Yeah. It's your community yeah, of people. Yeah, totally. and, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then With, you just always feel better when you leave and yeah. you just feel so strong. In yeah. There. Yeah. You've moved the energy. And I had the same thing. I hadn't fit it into my day yesterday and my kids were home from camp because it's spring break. And my daughter's like, what? You're going to the gym now? Why don't go? And oh yeah, the mom guilt comes in and I'm like, nope, I'll be home. Like dad's going to make dinner and I'm going to be back and you feel bad, but I'm like it, it I need to do this. For, you like, doing that is giving her up, permission. Right? Yeah. And exactly like show, like how oh, do yeah. I want her to mother or her to treat herself or her to be able to ask for things. And, and same with how you're saying to say kind things, like how they, it's so true. They absorb our actions and our words and seeing what we do. Like I have a older boy and a younger girl and, and totally like, they're just going to absorb what we're doing and more of just what we're doing, less of what we're saying. Cause I feel like sometimes the things we say are what we yes. would like mm-hmm. to be emulating, but aren't always. So it's like the, I feel like the real truth is in that and I feel like everyone like oh god we all like judge ourselves as parents and like sometimes I'm like we don't have a backyard playground but like my husband will like put a fire in the backyard or what you were saying yeah. about that balance and barefoot and sometimes I have to remind myself like kids survived like back in the day and just like roamed the neighborhood until the street lights came on and like that, that was, was a great childhood okay, that was a great yeah. childhood like right and like and now that I don't have all these things or I'm not whatever you tell yourself and just like giving ourselves permission and maybe training ourselves that that perfection isn't even isn't even not only not attainable but also not good and we're getting into that a little bit right now with my like my daughter is almost 10 and um I've got a couple of friends who we all have girls around the same age and body image is starting to come up for a few of them already Um, I was out for a run with one of them the other day and she's like, oh, my daughter keeps calling herself fat. And she knows that her out loud talk isn't impeccable around the house, which is a slippery slope. So my advice to her was you need to tell your daughter to call you on it. Like I will call my friends on it. I will not partake in your body shaming of yourself because I don't believe in it. Um, I think that's the best thing that she can do for her 10 year old is say, when you hear me speaking that way about my body, you tell me that that is not appropriate, that it's not okay. Mm-hmm. We're almost, mm-hmm. we're remothering ourselves in areas like our kids shine light yeah. on all the areas that aren't so great. And sometimes I don't even think we realize like maybe how hard we are on ourselves. Like yeah. when are we going to be happy? Yeah. Like it's so, you're you know? not going to be happier yeah. if your kids have less screen time. You're not going to be happier if you're 10 pounds lighter. You're not going to be happier yeah. if you're five K's faster. The <laughs> answer is never there. It really does like yeah, have to be choice. in the moment. Right. Or Laura, you were talking about your like luteal phase the and going to phase like indigo ever. and having Lindsay Martin. <laughs> Oh, yes, honestly. Um, But I just wanted and I know you guys have talked about like having opposing cycles, which does sound like it would just 
benefit in in business but just wanted to kind of tap into like how that because I feel like I'm just getting into all that information and I'm like god why Mm -hmm. isn't this taught in school and like even you guys doing the stuff on the cervical fluid like literally I am just learning about this like in my late 30s like how crazy is that like it's you know but like how has that affected you guys and how do you find like tracking your cycle is is helpful for you and your clients oh my God. and just so kind of in life this is what i compare it to you know when you have a baby and everybody gets the wonder weeks app and your baby is acting a certain way and then you get yeah. the wonder yeah, weeks yeah. and you're like oh they're in a spurt and you feel a little bit more seen that's how i feel yesterday like when i'm spiraling and then i open up my app and i look and it's like eight days until your period and i'm like ah oh, okay yeah, now sense. i know why i feel this way and then you just feel like acceptant yeah. of yourself you're mm-hmm. just like okay this is what it is today cool I'm not gonna feel the higher side of mediocre today I'm gonna be the lower side <laughs> for me I grew up yeah. in a um male dominant house mm-hmm. of three brothers and I grew up as an athlete I played six sports a year and my mantra in my head was like anything you can do, I can do bleeding. Like I was like, periods are not a thing. Yeah. Um, Laura and I were talking about this the other day. She's like, I was yeah. the girl who sat out in gym yeah. class. And oh, I was like, yeah. no, you didn't. Like, I, did. I never understood that. I never had any cramps. Mm-hmm. I remember when I met my husband now, his sisters, he has three sisters. So he's so like empathic towards women. And I'm like, why are there so many tears in your house? What is happening? <laughs> but I feel like I was grew up really like tomboyish. So for me, like this, I, I didn't, I didn't really understand or know much about cycles really either until mm-hmm. the last probably four years. Yeah. And I think that, so my story kind of goes like this, where I would tell myself, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my thyroid. My hormones are, are broken. I'm depressed. Yeah. I'm going to make an appointment with my naturopath, with, with Lindsay. So Lindsay would get me in um, like two weeks later and I would get to her office and I'd be like, yeah, I don't, I'm fine. I don't really know what, what the problem is. Like, yeah, I don't know what I was feeling like that. That's not how I'm feeling right now. I feel great. And we would just like hang and chat. And I was like, didn't put this together. Why did I even make this appointment? Exactly. <laughs> She'd give me a prescription for something like usually like a support, like a, a hormone mm-hmm. support some herbs and I'd be like, well, carry on my way. Like, Oh, I really didn't even need that. And then I do it again. And when I'd done it like three times, I was like, okay, I'm starting to get, there's a pattern here. Yes. And really, I always thought like mm-hmm. PMS, that was like an excuse. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Oh, that's just an excuse for your bad behavior. Yeah. And I didn't really ever give like feminine yeah. credit to the fact that we live in such a beautiful, amazing cycle mm. that is so productive in ovulation and really just wants to rest yeah. in PMS and bleeding. So, I mean, mm-hmm. for me, and I, I really don't know if it's that I've leaned into it more or if it's that I feel it more strongly now, or I'm just paying attention, but I really do have like a grumpy PMS time. Mm-hmm. And Lara can point it out to me when I'm not handling something well that normally I could handle. She's like, this is not a great time in your cycle for you to get that news. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Like I could handle this um, in a different por- por- point in my cycle yes. and be okay. And right now I just, I can't. Not so. a good time. It's been, it's been valuable like individually, but then as a business, it's been super good even for like now I never teach a prenatal class when I know mm-hmm. I am in that last week or bleeding. So for March, for instance, I taught every weekend except for the 20th. And I felt like a genius yeah. for scheduling that weekend off. 
I love the permission that it yeah. gives you too. So I have dinner plans tonight with some girlfriends. And then I had another girlfriend who's having a massage tomorrow night. She messaged me yesterday and she said, Hey, can I stay after my massage? She's my last client and we'll hang out and watch a movie or something. And I was like, no, <laughs> and she was like, no, I was like, no, I don't think so. To be honest, I am PMSing and I, I know that going out for dinner tonight might take everything out of me and I don't know what I'm going to have to give you on Friday night. So right now I'm a no and I might change my mind, but I love you. And I know that, you know, my cycle because it's on social media. So <laughs> it gives me permission to say like, yeah. yeah, honestly, probably once she gets here, I'm going to be like, yeah, let's make tea and watch a movie. But it gives me permission to say, you know what? It's not a great time for me to be socializing right now. And I'm going to be super grumpy when it comes to Sunday and Monday, if I do that to myself, unless I know that I really want it. Exactly. Yeah. That's what Lindsay was, was saying. And I just had this major aha moment where I'm like, we go through this every month. We have gone through this every month since we were a teenager and I have yet to prep for it or like put myself up for success and like when she was saying you know like maybe meal prep mm -hmm. or like you know for when you're like in your luteal phase and I'm like it's genius yeah. to like plan your business or your life around this are you not teaching not having to show up in those stages that you're not my house cleaner energy? comes my like, house cleaner comes honestly, during my luteal just, phase yeah it's the best she's coming on Monday yeah and it's just such a tool and having a daughter I'm so excited to share this with her at an earlier age and just to see it as such a tool because I feel like same as Sarah a lot of us and I had the same attitude is like yeah pretend it doesn't exist we we go on we're tougher mm -hmm. we can do it while doing it show no weakness don't show 100%. your hormones I'll call you crazy like we just ignore it and and it really can be a bit of a superpower but we have to like use it as a catalyst instead of just pushing yeah. through the same way I think it's so funny um, that you said you're excited yeah. about sharing all this with your daughter because I'm trying to picture like I don't know how old you are but our mom's generation being excited about teaching us about our periods they were not excited mm -mm. they had no idea what to say they didn't have access to yeah, all the information I that we do I am pumped. Like I've already bought absorbent underwear for Everly. I am ready. Like you start bleeding. We are having a celebration. Yeah. Like let's go to Toronto as long as it's not COVID. Yeah. And like go to the spa and like do something really yeah. like grown up. And I'm, I agree. I'm so excited to see what her teenage life can look like with her cycle. Okay. BRB. I'm just about to go make a daughter now. Cause I yeah. think I need one. <laughs> you can just borrow mine occasionally. <laughs> right I'm sure I'll get sick of them sometimes yeah you can be a friend <laughs> yeah, yeah you can be best. a franty a friend auntie right I feel like it's almost better because then you can they'll they'll need you because I feel like when we they yeah. have those crazy hormonal that that's what I'm hoping my franties like my friends will be that they can talk to someone that there's less of a emotional charge and can maybe hopefully talk some more sense into them or be that that person for them. But yeah, I'm yeah, my mom, we did not talk about anything. And I just and so you just have no idea, like, you just have no knowledge. And it's not really talked about like I am 
excited yeah to totally be that like over chatty and I actually remember my grade seven teacher saying he would take his daughter out for dinner or something and we all thought it was hilarious and kind of funny but now yeah. I have the, like, oh, I love that. In it. what has been some of your like biggest challenges would you say as a woman as a wife mother or Ooh, entrepreneur? that's really open-ended just one yeah just one or one that's maybe my biggest challenge right I think now, maybe was my parents divorce um my parents split up when I was 25 okay. I had just gotten married six months prior and my whole wedding speech was about the foundation of which my brain was built on, which was their marriage. Um, so I think ha losing that relationship and like the pedestal that I had it on and then finding out I was pregnant two weeks later and having to build a family of my own and separate myself from that was definitely one of the biggest challenges that I have ever been through and what got me through mm -hmm. it was becoming a mom was learning that I have to pick myself up and take care of myself because nobody's coming to do it for me. My parents are people, they're going through their own garbage. Mm -hmm. There is like, I have to be accountable to myself and take care of myself. I don't know if you guys were like this when you were younger, like, oh, when I get to this age, I'll oh. be an adult and I'll know what I'm doing. Or my parents know what they're doing. Like parents know. And then you become a parent and you're like, we have no idea. We are making it up as we go and trying their best. And it's like, again, that permission to just to just do it, to just do it to the best you can and keep learning. And the more you know, mm -hmm. you level up and you do better yeah. as you learn, right? Sarah's deep in thought of it. Oh, here. shoot. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think through how much I want to share. Um, I would say my biggest challenge um, is, and I think I vaguely posted about this the other day in a really light way as like a motivational Wednesday. Mm -hmm. But the basically, if, well, I don't even know what I said, something along the lines of if you're, if your 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 parenting is not a disaster, like if it's not challenging absolutely everything in you, like it's gonna be like that. Um, so I would say mm -hmm. my biggest challenge has been working through. A few years ago, I went to uh, I did therapy for a year, so I did once a week. I did EMDR therapy um, and kind of worked through um, some childhood stuff and. Um, and really working through it every week kind of brought me to uh, like a, a depression. Um, I think it was meant to do the opposite where it would, it, it should have been healing, but I think it just really made me focus and dwell on it and ruminate on it. And um, then I was really stuck in it for a few months. Um, and then there was the whole piece there of like, I've been very like anti-Western medicine my whole life, but I was in a spot where, I was like, I don't know what else to do and wrestle with myself for another month and finally took an antidepressant for three, three months. Um, but I would say that was the most challenging mm -hmm. thing for me. Uh, mentally, it was hard for our family. And, and yet the, the coming out of that is that I am learning to hold on to myself. I'm learning how to heal. I am seeing patterns in myself, in, in my marriage that, um, you know, are kind of as a result of the way I was raised and, um, it can get changed in every moment, in every interaction where you are willing to, 
confront yourself and hold yourself in what you just did and what you just said and to say, I'm sorry, hold up. That's not how I wanted to show up. I'm going to redo that. And to back up and redo with your kids, redo with your husband. Um, so yeah, I guess they always say like your worst thing turns out to be your best thing. Mm. It's just, it's so raw and hard. Um, but yeah, I would say that's been my most challenging thing. Mm -hmm. Being mm -hmm. humble enough to like try again, you know, like it, it's hard. That's like the work, you know, and it's like, it is not easy. And some days, like, I do not want to do that. Like it is the last thing I want to do or, and I really appreciate you both sharing because I know those are like deeply personal things. And I would definitely say the biggest catalyst of growth for me has been having really honest conversations with other women and knowing that we're not alone and that other people mm -hmm. have gone through similar things and, and, and we can grow from it and kind of seeing the other side and just knowing that it's normal and, and that it can help us with growth and that it isn't always easy or clean and life is like messy and we're all in it together and kind of dropping that facade of, of the perfection. So I really, really truly appreciate that because I know it's not, it's not always easy mm -hmm. to, to share. So if you guys want to let everyone know like where people can find you, what you're kind of currently offering, and then one or two things that have kind of helped you guys transition from martyr to martyr. So you can find <laughs> us, um, our website is www.dynamicdualsoflondon.com. You can find us on Instagram at Dynamic Doulas. We recently just dropped the Of London because yeah. we are really working hard on our online courses and we are hoping that they become one of our big features. And so they're um, valuable wherever you are. Currently, we have, um, what do we have online right now? Uh, we have our free uh, prepare for a positive birth class. So mm -hmm. you can sign up for that on our website. Totally free course. It takes about an hour to do. Um, we also offer coaching. We offer doula mentoring for any doula students out there. And then we're working really hard right now on getting our big um, prenatal class online. So we're halfway through recording that. That will be a five module, five hour <laughs> class uh, that everyone will be able to do from the comfort of nice. their home. And we hope um, people will like it because it's, it's high energy. It's fun. There's lots of laughter and um, lots of real knowledge dropped um, with both of us having backgrounds in anatomy, physiology, massage, kinesiology. It means that we're really able to approach birth from like a really wide base. Where else? What else? Your best advice. We're talking about going from martyr to magic. Oh, I mean, I would say the like when I think about martyrdom, it's like, I did everything for you. I sacrificed myself yeah. to do everything for you. And that's like the story I feel like I grew up with. Yeah. We and see it all the time with the gym. Yeah. People posting pictures of like, I go to the gym for my children. Yeah, I it's, don't. It's still, a, it's still a martyrdom. Yeah. I like, go to no. the gym for me. I go to the gym for me. Yeah. yeah. So that's a transition. Um, and then to me, magic... Um, I love to think like magic is still not about perfection. Mm -hmm. Magic is about the messy middle and marinate in the mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> we used to say, we used to have on our bio that we were average moms. Yeah. But I actually think in being and acknowledging and like um, accepting the averageness um, is where you actually become an exceptional yeah. mom. Yeah. Um, and saying to your kids like, whoa, 
I screwed that up. Let's do a redo. Then they can be like, oh, yeah. And then the pressure's off them. Mm -hmm. But then to truly accept that, like, that's where the magic is, right? Because I am a recovering perfectionist. I didn't even realize it because I was I was a 70s student, so I never believed I fit into that. But it became really apparent when I was only allowing my kids to eat these perfect things. They were going to breastfeed till they were this age. You know, my birth had to be this way. And then tons of heavy guilt and um, like affliction when it, you know, if it didn't go perfectly. So the magic for me is in the showing up consistently every day and just being average. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. Being average, learning how to lean on people, working on having tough conversations with your close female friends. It's huge. Huge for coming out of the martyrdom and going to the magic. If you can actually sit back and listen to them, learn from them, and then learn about yourself. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I love all of your advice and wisdom. And you guys just bring this energy and funness and realness (laughs) and reels, which you're great at, by the way. They're so good. Your energy and think it's such a tool and not just for new moms but I just think for women like showing us how to show up and and be in the world so thank you so much for being thank you so much talk to you guys soon hi thank you so much for listening to today's episode I hope you enjoyed it And if you did like it, please rate and review the episode on iTunes. And if you screenshot and tag me on Instagram, you'll be entered for our monthly review draw to be entered for a prize pack. So don't miss out on that. And also, I do have a program launching shortly right before Mother's Day from Martyr to Magic, how to step out of martyrdom and into your magic, reclaiming your personal power and how to start living the life you want. So if that is something that's interesting you, make sure to follow me at xo.shannonmargaret for more details. And I hope you have an amazing day and thank you so much for listening.